Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to another episode of Alter Your Health Live. I'm your host, Dr. Benjamin Alter. This is your source of information and inspiration to promote the holistic transformation of your health and the health of our planet. Thanks for being with me here today. I'm here as well. Dr. Susanna is <laughs> here as well. There she is for those listening and watching on Facebook and YouTube, or not YouTube yet, Facebook and Instagram um we will be on youtube also on itunes wherever you're tuning in from give us a rating a review subscribe and um we're excited to dive into some really important stuff i feel like this episode has kind of been building over the last several episodes Uh, we're talking about the health of your liver which um is like the most important organ in your body. Yeah, we used to joke around in in med school. I know the Chinese medicine folks would talk about the liver, the name of the liver being called the liver because it keeps you alive. Without a liver, you're dead. You know, obviously that's that's clearly true, but I think what was trying to be said is that the liver is really at the center of life because it has so many functions. Some say there are over 500 different tasks that the liver is doing continuously. So it's important. So, um, so yeah, we're going to talk about what some of the signs and symptoms might be of a sluggish liver. We are going to be talking about um, all of the different functions that the liver does carry out on a moment-to-moment, day-by-day basis. And we're going to talk about keys to living a healthy life, including diet, including nutrition, including other lifestyle factors that can help sustain and maintain a healthy liver to, to prevent and reverse any sort of chronic disease that is associated with poor liver health. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add to that yet, Dr. No, Susanna? I'm excited to hear right, what we're doc- going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I took some notes here, but we're going to kind of go with the flow as well. Um, I just want to maybe start by going over some of the many, many functions that the liver is responsible for in the human body. So we know that the liver produces bile, which helps um, digest and metabolize fats in the body. 
and um, the liver also produces different sorts of proteins like albumin and other and you know other proteins that float around in the in the blood and carry out different tasks in the body and it also helps balance and manage cholesterol and a lot of people you know argue that dietary cholesterol is not responsible for um, elevated cholesterol in the blood um, and their their reason behind that is because cholesterol is produced and maintained by the liver um, we know that there are actually dietary implications and endogenous liver implications when it comes to your cholesterol levels um, but it also the liver also converts excess glucose in the body into glycogen which is a storage form of glucose that can be used for energy later down the road so the liver is a great place to store energy do you want to talk about some of the other ones yeah all right working down the list yeah so the liver also regulates blood levels of amino acids which are the building blocks of our proteins so when you think about like, gosh, okay, the liver, the liver is processing cholesterol, it's processing proteins, it's processing fats, it's processing mm -hmm. all these things. It also processes hemoglobin, which um, is one of the like key ingredients for building um, blood cells, for building blood cells and for carrying oxygen around your blood and your body. Super important thing. Let's see, the liver, you talk about ammonia. Okay, so the liver helps convert ammonia, which is a breakdown product of protein, into urea, which is then excreted through the kidneys. So the, the liver, as Dr. Susanna and we were kind of talking about, it helps metabolize fats, glucose, and protein. Essentially, anything and everything that comes into the body, whether it's through our mouth or through our skin or you know, through our respiratory tract, it goes into the bloodstream directly to the liver. The liver is responsible for kind of processing all that stuff, mm -hmm. including different drugs that we take, you know, prescription drugs, recreational drugs, and alcohol, of course. Mm -hmm. Liver is, you know, classically associated with alcohol consumption, liver disease, of course, mm -hmm. that is. Um, and the liver helps regulate all of the necessary proteins that we're talking about, including those proteins that are responsible for coagulation of blood so a common symptom of uh, poor liver health is easy bruising and that's really like a long-standing liver condition is um, you know throughout a lifetime of abuse and that sort of thing mm -hmm. um, so the the liver is also helps in clearing bilirubin which is the breakdown product of red blood cells and um, and if if the liver is sluggish and backed up, one classic sign of that is jaundice, which is yellowing of the skin and the eyes. And it also the liver breaks down all of the hormones in the body, all of the excess hormones, both endogenously, and we're going to be talking about exogenous hormones that we take in through our environment. Mm -hmm. But all of that stuff gets broken down, filtered, metabolized, processed mm -hmm. by the liver. So another, another kind of sign or symptom that you may have a sluggish liver is if your hormones are uh, not really where they should be. So if there's any hormonal issues, um, we also like to consider what's going on with the liver. Yeah. So you got a comment. Oh, so Ellen is no longer bruising as poorly as she was when she her liver was sluggish. So she's huh. been working on uh, cleansing her liver over the last 
I don't know, months to year or so. So that's, that's a great sign of improved liver health. Yes. So lastly, you know, we kind of clump a huge category of liver function into the detoxification, which the liver is classically like one of the primary detox organs. So we're going to talk about what that means and how to promote and support these detoxification processes. So essentially, like I said, everything comes in the body, either through our, through our nutrition, through our food, through the air that we breathe, through the water that we're drinking, all this stuff is coming in and our, our liver is responsible for kind of filtering through it and getting rid of the junk. So all of this junk that could be toxic to us include microorganisms, pollutants, pesticides, food additives, drugs and alcohol, chemicals, all these kind of things that just accumulate in our environment. So there are two phases of detoxification. The first phase is called phase one, and um, it's essentially making all of these things that come into our body more water soluble. So some of the very important ingredients in order to carry out phase one are B vitamins, folate, glutathione, which is a popular um, supplement these days, all sorts of antioxidants, including carotenoids, vitamin E and vitamin C. These kind of things help carry out phase one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phase one is super important, but what's kind of more important is actually phase two, because if we're detoxifying these pollutants, pesticides, food additives, only partially halfway, sometimes that intermediate state of the toxin can be even more toxic than the original toxin. Fun fact. Fun fact. So phase two is very important for us to also support. And some supplements that are not supplements, but just nutrients that help phase two are selenium, any kind of uh, sulfur-containing foods like cruciferous vegetables, those are your broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, radishes. Those are some of my I'm missing a few. Um, And also amino acids like glutamine, glycine, taurine, and cysteine are very good in supporting that phase two detoxification. So once you've gotten through phase one and phase two, you've got a water-soluble compound that can be excreted through the urine and through the stool. And it's very important that we have proper, adequate kidney function and also regular bowel habits. So if we, you know, detoxify, if the liver is working to detoxify all these chemicals and toxins and that sort of thing, and then our kidneys aren't working, then, you know, that those toxins get reabsorbed. And similar, similarly, if we don't have regular, normal, healthy bowel movements, these toxins are also reabsorbed through the intestines. So, and like Susanna kind of already said, sometimes these toxins that are, are quote unquote, like detoxified through phase one and phase two detox pathways are then actually reabsorbed in a more toxic kind of state. So, um, so yeah, it's important that kidney and bowel function are optimized in addition to liver. You know, we can't just focus on the liver without focusing on the other organs of elimination. Okay, let's take a break because (laughs) that was a lot of information (laughs) we just threw at you. And let's make this practical for your life. Yeah, well, (laughs) right. So um, maybe a bridge into practicality is maybe some pointing out some signs or symptoms that 
Well, yeah. And I mean, first of all, we keep using this term sluggish liver. Like, what does that even mean? I mean, well, that's not a diagnosis. No, it's not a diagnosis. And in, in Chinese med- medicine, a common diagnosis is a liver stagnation, which mm-hmm. is kind of encompasses what we're talking about here. I'm not a Chinese medicine expert and I don't try to be one, but I know that I know that that is a common diagnosis and I'm pretty sure it overlaps with with what we're talking about here. So mm-hmm. when I when I talk about sluggish liver, I think about the like some of the common classic symptoms mm-hmm. of Yeah, I think you know, one thing I'd like to point out is that in the in the conventional world of medicine, um liver issues aren't really paid attention to until it reaches like kind of a critical point. So <laughs> that's the case with most, so many most things, things. Yeah. But so you've probably heard of like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or yeah. you've heard of, you know, of course, hepatitis, which are from more, uh, I mean, infectious, more yeah. infectious causes. And, and so yeah, sluggish liver is kind of this, like this pre pre fatty liver, uh, just pre like fibrotic. Yeah. Well, I like to think of so many chronic diseases on this kind of spectrum of completely healthy, optimal, and then diseased. And the conventional system is very good at screening and testing and treating things that are diagnosed in, in the disease side of things. But when we're talking about sluggish liver, we're talking about maybe like pre fatty liver disease, right? So the signs and symptoms are a little bit more vague, more difficult to pick up. Some of the classic ones that would be tested for in like a conventional setting are liver enzymes. Those would probably be more or less normal in the, um, in just like a quote unquote sluggish liver, but they might be towards the upper end of normal. And this reference range, as we all know, is a very broad reference range that, that, tries to target about 80% of the population. So there's only going to be 10% low and 10% high. So you, so the conventional, you know, range is trying to make sure people are in that 80%, but we don't necessarily want to be in the 80% considering that our world is very unhealthy. We want to optimize those liver enzymes, which tends, which means bringing them on the lower side of the scale, if that makes sense. Perfect sense. Okay. So do you want to mm-hmm. dive into some of the kind of classic signs of poor liver health yeah. or a sluggish liver? A stressed liver. Stressed out liver. Yeah. So one of the biggest ones we talk about is actually weight gain. And when the liver is sluggish, one thing that's happening is usually – there's possibly just the world that we're living in, there's been accumulation of toxins and also fat from taking it in from our diet. And that can actually be stored and accumulated in the liver. And that then makes it difficult for the liver to uh, produce bile that's really important to even like break down fat in the first place. And so you get in this kind of vicious cycle of... um, not being able to break down the fat that you're eating properly. If yeah. that makes sense. Do you want to add anything to that? No. No? All no. right. Um, yeah, and I think also like something, something that's interesting to think about is also with like the pattern of where um, fat is being distributed on the body. When there is a stress liver, it tends to um, – be stored more around the 
the central part of the body, uh, kind of the apple shape, not the pear shape. Yeah, that's kind of classic, mm-hmm. um, classic scenario. Um, hormonal issues. Hormonal issues. So yeah. as we as we talked about, one of the primary functions of the liver are is kind of the the balancing and the elimination and the neutralization of all the hormones that are in the body. Um, you know, endocrinology is obviously a whole huge subspecialty in medicine. Um, but the liver health piece of endocrinology is super duper important. And in my opinion, from my perspective, oftentimes overlooked, you know, a lot of people have hormonal issues, whether it's, you know, irregular periods, um, whether it's menopausal symptoms, weight gain is also a hormonal issue. Um, you know, whether on the male side of things, you know, andropause or low testosterone or fatigue or, you know, cortisol imbalance and adrenal fatigue and these kind of things, there's always a, a liver component. So yeah, the, the hormonal imbalances have their own kind of unique symptoms that present, but any of those could be pointing ultimately to a sluggish, stressed out liver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Skin issues. This could be acne, psoriasis, eczema. Those are the, certainly the most common skin conditions that we see mm-hmm. increasing. And um, when when the, when the liver isn't able to kind of like filter and detoxify as it should be, these toxins in other organs and the skin is the one where you know we'll, we certainly see it with with the naked eye and um yeah it just it, it manifests as inflammation whether it's acne or eczema it's um it's just an indicator that that the blood isn't being filtered the way that it should be mm-hmm. yeah yeah skin condi- skin conditions can often be really troublesome and and um just frustrating, but I, I think it's really important to look at the liver oftentimes to support the health of the skin for mm-hmm. sure. So fatigue is obviously a huge symptom that is an umbrella that encompasses so many things, but a lot of people with chronic fatigue, um, there's so many like quote unquote root causes that could be explaining fatigue, but liver is always one part of that always for sure and then bowels is kind of, and digestion mm-hmm. in general you know if you're if you're not producing enough bile or if um yeah if there's if there's a sluggish liver then like Susanna talked about before with the bile and the digestion of fat that can be impaired so we can experience bowel ups or stomach upset and irregular bowels as a result Anything you want to add? No. Cool. Well, I, I'm excited to get into these like <laughs> keys, these keys to help kind of cleanse and keep the liver happy and healthy. And I just want to point out first that there are so many protocols for cleansing the liver and detoxing the liver and all sorts of powders and supplements and um, bottled you know, concoctions that are synthesized and whatever and sold to us. And I think that is important to live on a day-to-day basis, a detoxifying lifestyle. Mm, I love that. 
not like do a week-long cleanse and dive right back into whatever other life we have not leaving yeah. living these like you know two lives yeah. and going back and forth because like the other thing i think about when you know when these people are doing these intensive liver cleanses for a short period of time that can release a lot of toxins oh yeah in the body that you know aren't being eliminated in the proper way so they could technically be doing harm, additional harm to the body. And uh, this kind of more regular approach of just living a, a gentle, detoxifying life on a day-to-day -day basis, to me, um, is a much better, is a more sustainable way to... Totally. And, and, to obviously, and obviously, we're going to be feeling so much better on a daily basis. Yes. You know, not just like don't going through these waves of extremes. So let's talk about this cleanse lifestyle. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we should maybe create a hashtag cleanse life, like hashtag <laughs> like living the cleansed life. Um, so obviously the first thing to do is to decrease our exposures to all of these exogenous toxins that we're around. And We've talked about this and alluded to this so many times that it's really impossible and to live in like a bubble and really kind of maintain, um, you know, freedom from all toxins at all times. But we want, and that's not necessarily the goal, but we want to just be conscious of our exposure to pesticides, cleaning chemicals, heavy metals, PCBs and plastics and all these kind of things that do present in our day-to-day -day environment in our household. So mm -hmm. cleansing the household, I think, is really important. Yes, Anything certainly. you want to add? Well, I think we're going to talk about this later, yeah. but also the toxic exposure in our foods. Yes, we'll yes. talk about this real quick. <laughs> um, the next thing that I think is just so accessible all the time is... Hydration. <sighs> Hydration. <laughs> so this is lemon water. Lemon water is a great, gentle, hydrating, and detoxifying um, fluid <laughs> that I think that the world needs more lemon water for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, celery juice is also a key hydrating, detoxifying liquid <laughs> for, in so many reasons. We could do a whole talk about celery juice, of course. Um, but we'll, and beyond celery juice and water, you know, just herbal teas and, and, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also increasing the source of hydration through fruits and vegetables. Yes. And so, okay, when we're talking about eating more fruits and vegetables, uh, we want to also remember that a lot of conventionally grown produce is heavily laden with lots of pesticides. Right. So we can be doing more harm than good, potentially, if we're jamming pesticide-laden mm -hmm. produce. Yeah. Yeah. So many of you maybe have heard of the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen, uh, where the Dirty Dozen are the top 12 food that are heaviest in the pesticides so those are going to be like apples and berries and yeah we greens. can link we can link we'll link you yeah. to it yeah. um but like we said earlier foods that are particularly really good for the liver vegetables that are really good for the liver uh, liver are those cruciferous cruciferous vegetables kale, kale broccoli brussels sprouts cabbage cauliflower radishes and more mm -hmm. Um, and also when it comes to fruits and vegetables, we, as we talked about before, 
they are all sources of fiber, which help bulk the stool and just finish off this elimination detoxification process. Because if we're doing all this good hydration and detoxification, keeping the liver healthy, we want to make sure that we're eliminating these toxins once and for all, flushing them down the toilet, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so another source <laughs> of dietary, uh, toxins is from our animal products. And yeah. if, if any of you have read anything about just the, the raising of these animals and the conditions mm -hmm. that they live in, they're exposed to a lot of yeah. a antibiotics, be just other medications to keep them alive see like all the pesticides in the food that they're eating yeah they're and not eating they're not e eating an organic diet no and even the organic free-range grass-fed best case scenario they are um, these animals are accumulating toxins in their fatty tissue and when we consume these sources of animal fat we are bioaccumulating these toxins into our body. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, artificially, as I like to say, place ourselves at the top of the food chain when we're choosing to eat animal products. So these toxins just kind of rise in the food chain and we get um, the brunt of the toxic load. Mm -hmm. So eliminate or, you know, reducing um, animal products in the diet. And, you know, obviously choosing the best, highest quality, you know, backyard chickens mm. when possible. Some herbs. So, yeah, finally, so, some kind of like herb supplements that I like to, you know, this is kind of the foundation. But these, these last, this last piece is just kind of extra credit, maybe. All right. Milk thistle. Milk thistle. Who's heard of milk thistle? Classic liver detox herb. Yes. Yeah, and so this herb, I know one of its functions is that it decreases any fibrotic tissue in the liver. Yeah. Um, which, Great studies on, I mean, I think milk thistle is one of the best herbs just because it has some of the m most research. Yeah, it's also really great for those people who are taking pharmaceutical medications. It helps basically just kind of mitigate some of the harm, the additional, um, you know, just kind of brunt that the liver gets from taking these medications yeah so. a lot of the other herbs are kind of in the i think all of the herbs are kind of in the food herb category of um you know herbs can also be eaten as food so things like uh artichoke mm -hmm. artichoke leaf and artichoke artichoke you know um chicory is also a leaf dandelion leaf and root burdock is a root vegetable um, shisandra, I, I don't know about eating shisandra. That's definitely an herb. Um, and licorice root is a great herb, herb for liver health, liver cleansing, liver support. And we kind of alluded to some of the other nutrients um, like vitamin E, vitamin C, selenium, um, th these kind of things. But I always think that getting these nutrients from food is undoubtedly the best place to get those kind of vitamins and mm -hmm. minerals. So um, uh, the herbs are, are kind of a different, like I said, like extra credit kind mm -hmm. of nudge support nourishment. That's like, you know, rocking your liver and keeping it <laughs> nice and happy and healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So any that's other, great. any other things? I mean, I think, I guess the only thing I, I want to add is like this, the whole sluggish liver thing is 
unfortunately becoming kind of an epidemic in our world. Yeah. And it's it's because of the prevalence of toxics and or to- toxins in this world that um, we've been a part of for however many years we've been alive. And um, yeah, and so making sure that you incorporate some of these detoxifying things into your everyday life is going to help for the overall longevity of yeah. of your liver. And another thing that I wanted to just emphasize and point out, whenever there is any sort of condition, acute or chronic, that um, that is going on in your body, chances are supporting your liver is going to help the outcome of where you're at. Um, just as supporting your digestion and your gut health. It's kind of the liver and the gut health kind of go hand in hand at playing really the core, the root of... Um, a healthy protocol to heal from anything in the world. So we should always be remembering and focusing on the liver when it comes to our life, when it comes to our living. And um, yeah, clean up your house, clean up your diet, drink enough water, go to the bathroom, (laughs) just kind of the basic stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's it for now. And um Unless there's any questions, we will see you all next week. All right, peace and love. Bye-bye.